I want to introduce the topic for this month, which is the importance of remembrance. It's so important that we learn to remember, particularly the things that God has brought us through. It's really true that I don't know if last year, this time, we ever thought we could have the COVID rules removed totally and scrapped. I didn't imagine us being without masks. That's why some of you are still wearing them. You know, <laughs> the numbness I felt last year, this time, and the pain I felt this time, last year, I didn't know you can have so much pain that you are numb to pray. However, I look at where we are now, much as we have scars, and we've lost loved ones, lost our livelihoods, and our lives have been affected, but we can't deny that God has carried us. And it's important to remember because as human beings, we have a problem. We remember the bad things people do to us. But we forget the good things that people did. Even worse, we forget what God did. I notice now as you drive around in the evenings now, the goombas are back. The alcohol is back. A year ago, it wasn't the case. Human beings have a very short memory span. God knowing that, he instituted to his people, the people of Israel, that they had to have seven festivals, which were celebrated three times a year, but seven feasts where they would commemorate, they would stop everything, revisit what happened, remember what God did. Because God knows if people don't stop and remind themselves, they forget. And God said, I want you to do this because God's concern. In Deuteronomy 8, 18, you see it. He says, thou shalt remember the Lord your God who gave you the power to get wealth. Hatsuelapeli says, when you have amassed wealth, when you have houses, when your life is better and you are no more in trouble, please don't forget me. Because as human beings, we, we forget, particularly the good. We remember the bad. But we forget the good. For me, for the 30-something years, 39 years I've been leading this church, I, I'm amazed at how people are so quick to forget. Forget what the church did to them. Oh, we've had people who, God bless them, they couldn't have children. They even named those children after me. <laughs> Musa. But then they get offended with the church and leave the church and start saying funny things. And I say, even the person who prayed for you, you forgot them. Worst of all, I don't mind them forgetting me, but even forgetting the very God. The many families, I've had the privilege as pastor in the church to have been here this long to see people's lives, how God works, to really appreciate, but to be really shocked that when people get to a certain level of life, 
God becomes a theory now. Something to be questioned. People are no longer sure, should we be praying this month? Must you be kneeling down and praying when, you know, they start having certain concerns. Concerns over the very things that carried them. The very things that changed their lives. It takes a lot of discipline and spiritual maturity to progress in life and still remember. And remember what God did in your life and put God in the right place in your life that nothing else takes his place. It's, 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 it's a difficult thing to have your money, have your education, have your success, have your fame, have your big church, have your ever, but still remain as one who trusts God like a child. Who loves God passionately with his heart without any put on. It's difficult to be a Christian for many years and still be for real. And not learn the Christian behavior and the Christian language. And not pick up on Christian politics. And pick up on the things that God's people do with time. And not pick up on the, on the, on the, on the, on the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness and all the things. And still keep a heart that's pure before God and still remember and remember what the other person did for you. Remember when they prayed for you. Remember how they encouraged you. Remember. Most people don't remember. Many people don't remember. Many people forget. And Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 1 to 6, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 5 Verse 6, he says, Greatly desiring to see you, Timothy, being mindful of your tears. Note that. That I may be filled with joy. Then he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Louis, and I'm persuaded that that same faith is in you also. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance. Note that. That you stir up the gift of God which is in you. I'll come back to that. But Paul is talking to the young man Timothy because he's at a critical, crucial part of his life where he can easily forget. And Paul says, "Mm -mm, I'm calling to remembrance. Keep that in mind. I'll come back to that. The word remember is found approximately 240 to 250 times in the Bible, both the New and the Old Testament. And the word remembrance is found about 75 times in the Bible. And God is so serious about this remembering thing that in Hebrews 10, chapter 6, verse 10, God says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. So God never forgets the good things you've done. He never forgets. And the Bible says he's not unrighteous. In other words, forgetfulness is unrighteousness. Particularly when you forget the good that has been done to you. Come sad when children grow up and start cursing their parents and calling them names. When those parents raised you up, worked so hard to bring you where you are. There's no perfect parent. Never. Lou, I know you are not perfect anyhow. You are not perfect. But then you get to a point where you harbor unforgiveness, bitterness, call your parents' name, say all kinds of things. Sometimes you adopt children. They don't have parents. They don't even know their parents. 
Bring them up. Work hard. Get to a point where as they get to a certain age, they don't want you anymore. They want to discredit you. Nothing wrong in them. Changing, wanting to know who their parents are, nothing wrong. But then you find the dishonor they show. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the dishonor I see in the church. You know, Barcelona, it's not a secret that my dad, I've got two dads, spiritual dads, that is. One has passed, I had three. Dr. Elijah Maswanga and Pastor As I watch them become older. You know, they're no longer as strong as before. Eh? Pastor Ray is not well. You can see, I mean, read. Thank God his son Joshua is running the church. But when you meet him, and when you see the way people talk about him now, I never listen to that. I don't like those people. In fact, I don't like those people. I don't like them. I tell them, now Scotlamunna. But when you hear the way people, and when you think back, you see, I've been around Rema for a long time, since 1981. I know the people who were trained there, who worked there, who started there. Some of them, their business, I, I remember some of them, they were prophesied, prayed over, served in the church. When you hear them today, the things they post on social media, the dishonor and the disrespect they show, unbelievable. It struck me, Bazanana, years ago when I noticed how the church in South Africa, particularly the charismatic church, is so disrespectful towards its leaders. I've never seen that before. Other parts of the world, I've never seen people do that. Well, I know people in Europe and America, and we think we are being successful, we think we are being civilized by following the bad example of Americans and people in Europe. We think we know what we are doing. And you, you go around the world. My bishop will tell you, go to Korea, you go to the East, and you go to the rest of the continent, West Africa, see the honor people place. It's a principle. But you see, I'm in ministry today because there are people whom God used as instruments for my life. I don't want to forget that. And in me not forgetting, it's not just the memory. I will treat them with kindness. I'll take care of them. I will embrace them. I will love them. Till their last day on the earth, I'm telling you. I made that commitment. I made that. A parent, you know, I was talking to Dr. Gumbi yesterday, you know. And, uh, and so he phoned me. So he phoned very late. When Jennifer I slept, I didn't tell my bishop. And there was something he was asking me. So he says, yeah, oh, give me, oh, so long, I told you, so. There's no need to call this a game. I'm your son. You can phone me anytime, Baba. Anytime. Ah, bishop, Baba. Why? I remember the impact this man's ministry has had on my life. I don't want to forget. Paul is reminding this young man. Don't forget. And the Bible says, God is not unrighteous. Because forgetting is unrighteousness. Jeremiah 2.32, God asks a question. He says, can a maid forget her ornament? Or her bride forget her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me. Days without number. It's a wedding day. <laughs> the simile here is that imagine a bride forgetting her dress on the wedding day. 
not forgetting it, I see less of my No, she didn't even sew the dress. Ah, there you go. Because the truth is this, guys, when you guys come to the wedding, you didn't come to look at us. We know. You've come to look at Makoti and most of all the dress. And God says, just imagine a bride forgetting the dress. He says, but you have forgotten me. There are things you will never forget. Some of you will never forget your cell phone. You never forget. There's things that some of you, you'll never forget. But we will forget God. We'll forget the things God's done for us when life gets better. When other people come and convince us. People theorizing about God, telling you to serve other gods and go other ways. And looking at it, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, I'll tell you why I want you to remember. Because what you carry comes from your grandmother, Louis. It comes from your mother, Eunice. We need to remind ourselves. And so Paul talked to Timothy like this as a young man because at this time, historically, Timothy was facing the biggest mountain of his life. Mamela. He's living in a time where Nero became the empire of the Roman, became the emperor rather of the Roman Empire. And because of his tyrannical rule, believers were persecuted, they were dying for their faith. And in the midst of all the panic and the fear Timothy had, looking at his life, looking at his future, he must have wondered, is God going to be faithful to me in this terrible hour? Because we come to that point. And Paul says, Timothy, I won't just answer you in terms of what you're concerned about. I want to go back. Because what you have is something proven. What you're carrying has been in your family lineage for a long time. Timothy, he says, I call to remembrance. The faith that you have, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Louis, and in your mother, Eunice. He says, Timothy, to put things into perspective, I want, you to, rem- I want to remind you of something very important. Your grandmother followed God. Your mother followed God. And God demonstrated his faithfulness. So God's faithfulness is part of your family heritage. God's faithfulness goes as far back as you can trace it. Your grandmother, Louis, trusted the Lord and the Lord has never let her down. Your mother, Eunice, trusted the Lord and the Lord has never failed her. The Lord has never let her down. So Timothy, in this great stress and difficulty that you are going through, I want you to take this opportunity in the midst of it. To go back in your mind and see how God never abandoned your grandmother and your mother. It's amazing when we read the Bible to note that the the Bible doesn't say anything about his dead. Or his grandfather. We know that Timothy was Greek. 
Bible scholars speculate that it's very possible that Timothy's dad was one who never participated in his life. Maybe he was absent. And like we see in so many instances, the grandmother and the mother has to struggle with this child providing for him praying for him like I've seen so many women do in the church I know many who've come here and their husbands had left their husbands had walked away and here's this woman who's had to play the role of raising several children by herself I've prayed for them I've cried with them I've counseled them I've given clothes and money to some of them. I know what I'm talking about. And you see God being faithful in spite of the ups and downs of a widow, in spite of the ups and downs of someone who has to try and keep their family afloat, God came through for them. And the biggest pain for me is when those children now are now in their 20s. When now they've been to university, when now they have a degree, when the same children now want to question issues about God. When I see those children not coming to church anymore, when I see them defecting into other things, when I see them drinking and smoking, when I see them doing all kinds of things, and I look at them and I say, do you know where you come from? Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, what you have in your family is so deeply ingrained in your family heritage. Timothy, I want you to remember your mother, your grandmother who are struggling by themselves. God never let them down. Don't allow the situation of Nero. Don't allow the persecution of the time to move you away from God. The same God who was faithful to your grandmother, the same God who was faithful to your mother, will be the same God who is faithful to you. Can I hear an amen? Don't allow your current situation to make you speculate about God. That because our now you want to move away from God and Don't move away. When Paul uses the expression, I put you in remembrance, that word remembrance in the Greek is a compound word. Spelled A-N-A-M-I-M-N-E-S-K-O. It's up on the screen. And in brackets, that's the phonetical pronunciation of the word. You can try to pronounce it. We'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> A-N-A-M-I-M-N-E-S-K-O. It's a compound word of two words. The word A-N-A and the word M-I-M-N-E-S-K-O. The word A-N-A means Again. Or to repeat. And the word M-I-M-N-E-S-K-O means to be reminded of something such as memories. So when you join the two words together in this verse, it means to regard or recollect memories. 
That prefix ANA carries the idea of replaying those memories over and over again in your mind. Over and over again in your mind, the way you hit a rewind button on your digital video player. When you're on YouTube, you know, you can rewind, you just drag it across and you can watch the same scene, S-C-E-N-E, not S-I-N. You can watch the same S-C-E-N-E many times. I don't know if you're like me. There are certain movies I can watch, I like to watch certain scenes. You know, I, I, just, I just love to, to... I know this one is a very old movie. I used to watch it then. I still have watched recently, but I used to love it back then. You know, Simba, I like him. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not two years old, Mara. I like Simba. <laughs> uh, don't look at me with those judgmental eyes. I like Simba. And the part for me that is one of the greatest is when Simba wakes up to who he is. Yeah. When Rafik, you remember Rafik? Remember Rafik? Some of you are trying to look like Rafik out there. <laughs> when Rafik knocked sense into his head. You know, it's, it's a, for me, it's a, it's a, when you see somebody wake up to their destiny, there's nothing to compare. I like to watch that so many times. I like to watch that so many times when he finally woke up and ran back to Pride Rock to go and take his rightful place. So I always rewind. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Rewind it so that you can back up and watch one part of the movie over and over and over again. What is Paul saying? Paul says there are certain memories that you must never forget. There are things that you must never forget. No matter how difficult things are, don't ever forget them. They've been too long in your family lineage. They've carried the people before you. Even on days when you feel numb and you don't feel like praying, don't forget. Press the rewind button and remind yourselves. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? For example, we should constantly hit the rewind button in our minds and replay the times that God has been faithful to us in the past. Delivering us, healing us, rescuing us, protecting us, time and time again. Tomorrow I'm pressing a rewind button. 4th of July, 2022. I remember it was on the 4th of July, 1979, when God filled me with the Holy Spirit. So I shall not forget. That's on Monday. And on, on Friday, Kitty 8, it was on the 8th of July, 1979, that God called me into the ministry. I don't want to forget. So on that day, I'm going to be pressing the rewind button again and again and again. We should replay those sins in our minds until we don't forget God's faithfulness. So God reminds Timothy and he's reminding us to take our eyes off these times of trouble take our eyes off the present crisis and remember God's delivering and rescuing power in the past. So I felt that because today is the 3rd of July, 2022, I want us to reflect a little bit on the happenings of COVID in the last two years. It will be helpful for us to remember and recall some incidents of the COVID-19 pandemic that affected our country and the rest of the world and compare where we are now 
Remembering will help you understand how God works. It will help you realize that even when you don't believe, God still carries you. Even when you are confused, God still knows what's going on. It will help us to know that even if God carries us, sometimes we come up with wounds and pain, but God is still working. It will help us to be grateful for the goodness and the faithfulness of God who has brought us through and carried us by his grace. On the 17th of March, 2020, the National Command Council was established to lead the nation's plan to contain the spread and mitigate the negative impact of the coronavirus. So, on the 23rd of March, 2020, a national lockdown was announced starting on Friday, the 27th of March, 2020. The reports in the news read as follows, and I quote, from midnight on Thursday, 26th March, until midnight on Thursday, 16th of April, all South Africans will have to stay at home. This is what our president said. People will still be able to go out to seek medical care, buy food, or collect a social grant. While this measure will have a considerable impact on people's livelihoods, on the life of our society, and on our economy, the human cost of delaying this action would be far, far greater. The president said health workers, emergency personnel, and security services would be among those exempt from the lockdown. <laughs> All shops and businesses will be closed, except for pharmacies, laboratories, banks, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, supermarket, petrol stations, and healthcare providers. Soldiers will be deployed <laughs> to support the police. And the international travelers who arrived in South Africa after March the 9th from the high-risk countries, they will be confined to their hotels until they've completed a 14-day period of quarantine. Furnaces and underground miners will be required to make arrangements to, for care and maintenance, which means operations stop but are kept in a condition to resume in future. Ramaphosa said a first phase of the government's economic response would include assisting business in distress and a package of more than 3 billion rand of funding for industrial firms, end of quote. We then, as a country, were immediately placed on alert level 5, which came into effect on the midnight of the 26th of March 2020, lasted till April, 30th of April 2020. And then we went to level 4, which was in effect from the 1st of May 2020 to the 31st of May 2020. Then we went to alert level three, which was in effect from the 1st of June 2020 to the 17th of August 2020. As things were unfolding, I kept on sensing the promptings of the Holy Spirit that we should initiate a 24-7 prayer service. It was around this time that we launched our 24-7 prayer chain on the midnight of the 12th of July 2020 under the theme the church united in prayer. Actually, not too long this year, Bazalana, we will release that data to show you the actual data of the effects of those prayers. Seriously so, you'll see it. So at that time, we put together a team of ministers from Grace Bible Church and other ministers we associate with. Each minister would lead the prayer for one hour. We also had backup ministers in case there were unforeseen challenges that occurred. 
The technical team set up all the equipment needed with them having a large team that took turns to be on duty for 24 hours. And these were all our young people. All our young people. You as a congregation joined in the prayer. So proud of you. Together with people from other ministries, we joined in the prayer initiatives and our prayer items were divided into a seven-day schedule. I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you. Day one, we prayed for the frontline workers and health workers. We prayed for their health and safety. We prayed for their personal wellness against anxiety and exposure to the infection. We pray for them with regards to family pressures and concerns. We prayed for them that they would be provided with PPCs. We prayed for them with regards to stress, fatigue, and trauma. That was day one. Day two, we prayed for the command council and all leaders of all sectors of society. We prayed for just and excellent leadership in the implementation of the disaster plan. We prayed for policy planning, decision-making, that this intervention could stem the tide of the coronavirus. We prayed for the success of the multi-sector teams. You know, the multi-sectoral teams that part of some, we became part of them, some of us of the behavioral change. But the multi-sectoral teams of community behavioral changes to stop the community infections. We prayed for the response to the infections for the hotspots, the success of the lockdown intervention, we prayed for the courageous and compassionate leadership across all sectors of our society. Day three, we prayed for the comfort of the bereaved and traumatized. We prayed for those who are in grief due to the loss of their loved ones. The healing and restoration of hope and wellness and strength because people became so hopeless. People became so traumatized. We prayed for the provision and security in the loss of providers and parents because some lost their parents. Therefore, we prayed for the World Health Organization for a race to finding a vaccine. You remember that time the vaccine was not even there? We didn't know how the vaccine was going to be found. We prayed for safe trials. We prayed for scientific breakthroughs, scientists to find the cure. We prayed for a just and equitable global war against COVID-19 pandemic. That it should benefit all nations without disparity. Ah. Day five, we prayed for the rebuilding of the economy. Because we realized how this is what's going to affect the economy. We prayed for the renewal of the economy to be inclusive, for the safe operation of various industries, for economic growth, job preservation creation, for the sovereign debt freedom of the Republic of South Africa. We prayed that we shouldn't even borrow any money. Day six, we prayed for the redress of social ills, the endemic poverty, poor housing, bad infrastructure for essential services. We knew some places couldn't get essential services because of bad infrastructure. We prayed for corruption and mismanagement of resources, not to be there. We prayed against crime, against violence. We knew as people are cramped up in places, violence would rise. We prayed for the use of alcohol and substance abuse and drug abuse and the effectiveness of the Solidarity Fund. <clears throat> Day seven. We prayed for the churches to be effective and be prophetic in the ministry. We prayed that the church will be a compelling witness for such a time. We prayed that the church will have ministered to the disadvantaged. We prayed that we will support front lines through our chaplaincy services. 
We pray that we will be visible to bring the gospel of transformation in word and deed so that we become prophetic and we pray for the healing of our nation. Now, I'm not sure if all the prayers were answered. I think some of them are still ongoing. But at least some prayers were answered. These 24-7 prayer initiatives continued as and when we sense the leading of the Holy Spirit. But our anchor was the hour of prayer initiative that has continued to date during the week, Monday to Friday, from 5 to 6 o'clock. I'm just reminding you. I'm just reminding you. So, it's been two years. Because, you know, things at one point look one way, but down the line, they look different. That's why Paul says, when you're going through trials, when you're going through a problem, when you're going through a difficulty, don't shift your attention. Don't forget what God has done in the past because God will be able to carry you. And today, I'm so glad to announce to you these stats that come from medical people. I want to present to you a comparative table of the COVID-19 statistics of 2021 and 2022. I'm starting to feel like the Minister of Health here. <laughs> to give us a context why we, don't, we need not forget what God did for us. On 3rd of July, 2021, South Africa was in the third wave of COVID-19. The first wave was in July, 2020. The second wave was in December, 2020 and January, 2021. And now the third wave was 31st, was in July of 2021. So I want to show you what was happening last year, this time, 12 months ago, July, 3rd of July, 2021, and show you what's happening today, 3rd of July, 2022, and show you the faithfulness of God in all of that. And why we must not forget what God did for us, and we must remember. I'm going to ask you that these details I'm giving to you, you tell them to your children, you tell them to your children's children, because they will also hit a snack sometime in future. And when they hit a snag, you can stand there and tell them, I want you to remember what God did for me as your mom, me as your grandfather. And I want you to remember that the same God who carried me is the same God who will carry you. Are you ready for the stats? 3rd of July 2021, the number of COVID tests that was done was 13,395,135 people. This year, 3rd of July, 2022, 25,742, people. The total number of confirmed COVID cases last year, this time, was 2,046,311 people. This time is 3,994,223 people. Total number of people who've passed 63,304 last year this time. This year, 103,918 103, people. Now, here's what got me. The number of people who were in hospital on this day last year was 13,846 with 557 admissions in the last 24 hours. This year is 
388. Oh, come on, somebody. Do, do, do you know the difference between 13,000 and 1,000? Do you know the difference? 13,846 admissions with 557 in 24 hours. This year, 1,388 with 19 admissions in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Vaccines administered, as at last year this time, 3,305,965. This time this year, a year later, 36,860,698 vaccines administered. What am I saying? I'm saying, Never forget what God did for you. Amen. And use that knowledge and memory to fight the current battles. Listen to this. Never forget how God healed you. Never forget how God has delivered you. Never forget how God has saved you. Never forget how God has guided and directed you. Never forget how God has brought you through difficult times. Never forget how God provided for you in hard financial times. Never forget how God has protected you from the snare of the enemy. I call you to remembrance. The faith that was in your grandmother, Louis, in your mother, Eunice, it's in you now, and it is that same faith that will pull you through through this difficult time. I call you to remembrance where we were last year and where we are now. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? In spite of all the things that may not be positive you've gone through. Things that have brought pain, sorrow. Can you take a while, at least this morning, and intentionally try to remember how far God has brought you? Bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Just remember right where you are. Just be in prayer and just remember. Remember. And as you remember, inwardly, thank God for His grace. Oh, we thank you. We thank you that you are faithful even when we are not faithful. We thank you that you kept to your promise even when we didn't keep to our promise. We thank you you took the step to come and lift us up. Even when we walked away from you, your spirit lasted to envy. You came out. You spoke to us. You challenged us. You revived us. You renewed us. 
even when we wronged you, you forgave us. We want to remember. Here we stand today. COVID rules scrapped. Life back to normal. Here we gather in our thousands in worship. Here we are. Scarred we may be. Pained we may be. But we will not forget that even in the darkest moment we got to know you. We got to see you. And now God I pray for those who are in the midst of difficulty. Looks like the sign will not shine. Looks like things will never get better. I ask you to remind them of things you've done for them in the past. And I ask that your spirit will come through for them. I pray for those who have been giving few days to live or few months to live by medical science. I pray for a creative miracle. I pray for those who need financial intervention. I pray for a creative miracle. I pray for parents whose hearts are broken because of their children that have gone astray. Or children whose hearts are broken because of the parents who have gone astray. I pray for your intervention. I pray for the one whose husband has walked away from the children. One who's lost their job. One whose business is not working. Pray for the one whom it seemed like their dreams are being dashed to the ground. I pray that your faithfulness will come through once more. Pray that they will remember this day. A day in which God opened the heavens. A day in which God visited them. Because when you visit us, oh God, no matter what it is that we are going through, your visitation brings transformation in our lives. We stand today and we say, God, we will not find ourselves in a place where we don't remember. We remember where you first found us. We remember the first day we heard the gospel that changed our lives. We remember when we decided to follow Christ. We remember how different our life became and how much you changed us. Forgive us where we have gone lax and we have forgotten. Forgive us where we've allowed our human tendency to make us forget. We remember intentionally. We press the rewind button again and again and again and again. We will not forget. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mess. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name, Jesus. 
Sarabacos. Oh, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Please bow your heads and remain standing right where you are. Nobody moving, nobody leaving. You're here today. Maybe you've been invited for the first time. Maybe you are live streaming where you are. It's your first time to come here. When you look at your life, you realize that your life is not right before God. Your life is not committed to God. You realize how faithful God is and that God is really able to change lives. And right now, as we're about to close the service, I want to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, he who is the life changer, the transformer of destinies, the God who loves us, who moves towards us, the God who's concerned about our lives. I want to pray for you. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed, right where you stand. If you say, would you please pray for me, Bishop? My life is not right, but I know God can make it right. Please pray for me. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you right where you are. Just raise it high. Let me see it. Let me see it. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. May I ask all the people who raised their hands, I want to pray for you. Would you please come from where you are standing? Take all your belongings. Don't leave your belongings behind. And just walk and make your way to the front. The ushers will help you. Give them a big hand as they come. Let this be the beginning. Let this be the beginning. The beginning of a new life.